going to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, it's us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to be. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Jimmy Clark. Welcome to the program, folks. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour, and given what Troy, my guest this evening, just did, um, I shouldn't have played this song. I should have played something like Teddy Pendergrass, like, turn out the lights. But You're going to have to provide some context to that. Yeah, no, not in a, not in a hot oils baby sort of way, or strike a can't. No, no, he just turned out the lights in the studio. So really, I can't even see Troy. I can see his silhouette, but I, I can hear him quite well. Good. Uh, And you were telling me off air, and I'll share it with the audience, this is going to be your last time doing the show for a little while here, right? Yep. Do you mind telling the folks why you're going to do... I I think this is part of an ongoing story with the news, why I'm bringing it up. Uh, I'm going up to Birmingham for several weeks to go back to school in a sort. Continuing education. Yeah. But it's it's a very almost... uh, you can get specific sorts of industry jobs doing it. Sure. And new new collar, if yeah. you will. Yeah, and that's the sort of thing where, I mean, it might be a bit obnoxious to look down your nose at, like, coal miners in West Virginia and go learn to code, bro. But, you know, especially somebody who's later in life. But the real reality is you have to face reality and figure out, well, what am I going to do to make my way in this world? Yeah, part of that is learning the new economy and the new tech that's coming out. And uh, so I tip my hat to you, though I'm not wearing one this evening, Troy. I'm not going to tip my own hat, Joey. Yeah, well, you shouldn't do that to yourself. I got a question for you. Yeah, have you ever gone on a heater? A heater? Yeah, I've been on a bender before. I went on a heater last night. What's that? I won ten games in a row in Rocket League. Wow. Yeah, you were on fire. Yeah, I upset a lot of people. And the thing is, is I'm not very good. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I've received messages before that's like, "Listen, I'm not trying to be toxic, but you're bad." <laughs> right. And so I would, I would respond back because you know they weren't being mean about it, and I'd be like, "Hey, do you have any resources for me mm-hmm. to get better?" Mm-hmm. They'd be like, "Sure, watch X and Y YouTube video." So I got better, and I went on a heater. But then I started getting cocky. Oh no! Every time I would score a goal, I would type "boop" mm. in the chat mm. because uh, you know it's RC cars in a soccer ball. Right. So I would hit the <laughs> soccer ball and I would type "boop," and then it would go in the goal. <laughs> and this, this, I'm assuming it was a, a female, like sent me a message and was like, "Oh, you like to boop." Oh. And so I was like, okay. So I looked at her profile, and this chick was a furry. Oh, no. Like, her clan tag was UWU. Oh, no. Which is called Uwu. And you, there's a whole translator out there to translate stuff into furry. Anyway, I, I, I blocked The world that. is getting I, weirder. I shut that down real quick. It's getting so weird. You know, I do sometimes feel out of the loop because I don't play as much, like, uh, games online, community-based games. Sure. And I don't have the headsets on where I'm talking to you guys. 
I mean, that's really the way people stay in touch. And it's not always like a little chit chat during the game. You're, you know, maybe just doing strategy. You're like, yeah. You know, I don't even text Aaron and Kyle anymore. We communicate on Snapchat or Xbox Live party chat. Yeah, there you go. There you go. You're you're just talking while you're playing the game. And yeah. I miss out on some of that. I don't keep up with what Aaron and Kyle are doing. They're, by the way, old high school buddies of ours, classmates. And um, Well, I just got in touch with them. We did our fantasy football league draft last night. Last, did anybody draft luck? I don't know. Maybe Bob. Did somebody set up... Did Bob set up auto-draft? Uh, no, there's one guy doing auto-draft. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't think anybody kept him. Okay. Because of the early announcement. I ended up with the first pick in the draft. First time ever in the 10 years of us doing the league. Who'd you get? Saquon Barkley. Oh, that's a bad pick. No. No, he's doing his ACL. No. Book it. <sighs> now you're making me sad. But Percy Harvin's coming out of retirement. Oh, okay. You could pick him up on waivers. Yeah, I probably will as a backup. I'm pretty happy with my team. He's got to be on a 53. I got run. Dak starting as my QB. You do? Yeah, Mr. Prescott. It really, a QB's kind of a wash because there are so many good QBs in fantasy football. Um, who, did anybody get Phillip Rivers? Who, who picked I Phyllis? Don't, I don't know. Because Phyllis is a good fantasy quarterback. Unless he has a bad game, and then he's a bad fantasy quarterback. <laughs> yeah, well, they occasionally have these bad games. But anyway, let's start with Andrew Luck. That was a uh, big news. He's only he's younger than us. He's only twenty nine, but he has yep. the body of an old old man, yeah. of a warrior worn thin. And I do. I have to say, I respect him for stepping down. I can actually. I have some perspective here, mm-hmm. not of being an NFL quarterback or having a Twitter account following me based off me being a Civil War person. But Oh, he does the Civil War reenactment stuff? No, no. There's a Twitter account oh, called yes. Captain Andrew Luck that yes. writes di- or writes letters to his mom or his wife. Yes, I remember uh, this now. The last letter was so sad because it was after he retired. He was like, the pen weighs heavier now than ever before. <laughs> anyway, I-, I can come from a chronic pain perspective. Right, with your back. If that's what he's trying to avoid, Andrew... You made the right choice. Get out. All power to him. I, you know, I listen to all these wrestling podcasts, brother, brother, and uh, they talk about a lot of these guys that are now retired, their injuries. And some of them had to get out because of injuries, like neck injury. A lot of them, obviously, a back and neck is, stuff. Is the guy that does Mankind, is he still wrestling? Because he's, like, he's had like 47 I don't believe he'll show up and do a spot here or there like he did a, a hell in the cell, like he refereed it. Oh, but he okay. didn't. No, he's not taking any big bumps anymore. Um, I mean, he was a god of bumps. Like, he, where he was freaking out the other wrestlers and insiders. Yeah. It's like, Mick, please stop. Hi. Terry Funk, who was a crazy guy in the ring, would do all sorts of, like, these Japanese death matches with, like, barbed wire on fire or electric barbed wire. Like, crazy stuff. Even he's like, Mick, you gotta stop, man. <laughs> Are you okay? Yeah, the it's just Mick Foley's a legend. I'd put him in my top ten of wrestlers because of how much abuse he took to his body for the sake of the entertainment. Yeah. And that's the big question with Luck. Apparently some of the fans, uh, the Colts fans, aren't too happy with him. Are you talking about the booze or are you talking about getting the season tickets refunded? Uh, well. Yes. Yeah. Both. Well, if you're promised Andrew Luck and you get... Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, you're going to be a little mad. But I don't think you should be mad at luck, though. Or Brissett. Right. Just mad at the circumstances. Well, you should be happy. You should be a fan. 
I don't care if your team's going to suck and be in the top of the draft this next year. It's a perfectly human emotion to be upset mm-hmm. at something like that happening, especially when you find out what, in the third quarter of the preseason, two weeks before the season starts, that he's retiring. He has to, instead of having his retirement press conference on Sunday since it got leaked, I'm assuming Ursay went on a... I'm sorry. I'm, I'm assuming somebody <laughs> leaked to Schefter. And he posted that thing. So he was going to, Luck was going to have his retirement press conference on Sunday. He had to move it to after the game. Right. And of course, every single media person was like, So what was it like when they booed you? Like, oh my goodness. You're tearing me apart, Lisa. Lisa. No, but I mean, the guy has so many injuries. I mean, his yeah. shoulder still hasn't healed. I, I, mean, I almost I'll... watched him get murdered when he played the Broncos and we lacerated his kidneys. I say we. I'm right. a Broncos fan. Right. To the listeners. They say he's tired of the pain. He's injured now. His calf, his ankle, and all the head injuries, his shoulder. Like, And really, I'd put this, if you're going to put the blame anywhere, I'd put this on... Grigson. Yeah, the, the get ge- the guy in O-line. The general manager. Yeah. He's not the GM anymore. And he's got a decent O-line now. But, uh, you know, why risk it? His his, uh, relationship with his wife was failing. Mm -hmm. Like, apparently, him getting injured that much actually might have saved his relationship. Because doing the rehab process, it allowed him to repair his relationship with his wife. He's got a young kid. Right. Good for you, There's so much life he has left to live. He's made $90 or $100 Oh, I think over $100 And the Colts are doing the right thing by him. They're not going after his $18.3 million bonus. Right. And here's the thing. you got to respect the decision. And that's the lesson I've learned reading the news from this from different angles. There are people that are all pissed off. There are people bringing up, do these players put their body on the line too much? Well, my big lesson of all this is it's their choice. Same way Mick Foley doing all those crazy bumps in wrestling, yeah. falling 20 feet right onto the hard mat in a, that Hell in the Cell, King of the Ring, 1998, brother. Uh, he, he, It's his choice. Now, it might be the company's choice after the fact, going, we're not going to let you do that anymore. And the same way with the league, we're going to change the rules up to protect certain players more, especially quarterbacks. But it should be the person's choice. They shouldn't be staying because they feel too much pressure. And they shouldn't be, I don't know, walking away just because you're being forced to walk away. If you feel yeah. like you can go, go. It's a, it's a famous... They used to ask us in high school football, but I heard this is something the SEALs would ask people, like SEAL training. Uh, who they, It was Dan Crenshaw, the guy with the eye patch yeah. who's in Congress. Yeah, it's a question they'd ask you in SEAL training. Are you hurt or are you injured? Oh, I'm just hurt, sir. Okay, you can keep going then. Like, injury and being hurt is a different thing. And that's a, a clear... It's different for everybody. Sure. How far can you push yourself? And it's just something about the news. And this is an angle that we talked about, texted about earlier today. Just the complete lack of nuance and the reliance on sensationalism. Yeah. Like, some of the most ridiculous headlines. Uh, we'll get to one in a second that we discussed in detail about the, the Chinese social credit scores. Now, the headline reads, Silicon Valley is making its own. Can I tell you my, before we get to that, yeah. can I tell you my conspiracy theory? Please. It involves both wrestling and football. Ooh, I like it then. Vince McMahon's going to run the XFL, correct? Uh, he's going to try to start it back up again, yeah. Yeah. Guess who's the commissioner of that league? Who? Oliver Luck. Okay. Whose son just retired from the Indianapolis Colts. 
Now, this would never happen in a million years. I don't think it's going to. But Andrew Luck could turn heel, Joey. (laughs) I would love it. He could turn heel and go to the XFL. It's like, cool, guys, I got a year or something rest. I'm feeling good. I kind of missed the game. Yeah. So I'm jumping back in. That would be fantastic. Yeah, we'll see if they get the XFL off the ground again. But I encourage folks a free plug. Go listen to the Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard uh, that Conrad Thompson and Bruce Pritchard did on the XFL. And Bruce Pritchard was there as Vince McMahon's right-hand man as they're trying to get the XFL up off the ground. Hilarious. It, it is a comedy of errors. Like, I mean, the WWE, say what you will, they're a very good TV production company. Uh, top-notch in that regard, but running a football league like it's just television and wrestling, not the same thing. Not the same thing. And, like, there's one segment of that show where Bruce Pritchard is interviewing the cheerleaders because they wanted to do these, like, promo segments. Like, hi, I'm Susie from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and I'm a nurse. And, you know, what the NFL does with their cheerleaders some. And so he goes into the room, and his aides tell him that, We've got a doctor in here. We got a lawyer in here. We've got a mathematician. These are not only beautiful women, but like just brilliant women. So he walks in. And he's doing this little focus group just to figure out who these women are, so they could you know tell the producers and they can cut these television promos. Right. And so he's like, I've been told some of y'all are uh, one of y'all's a mathematician. And this one girl goes, Well, I like math. <laughs> oh, really? So did you go to school for it? No. Are you in college? No. Well, what do you do? I'm a dancer. Oh, no. Well, is one of y'all a, uh, a doctor in here, I've been told? Well, I worked at a doctor's office. <laughs> like, oh, um, boy. You worked at the front desk then? Yeah. Well, what do you do full-time? I'm a dancer. <laughs> <laughs> and every single one, the credentials were inflated. They're all strippers, essentially. It's just, it's a great episode. All the just craziness that went on. Like, at one point, one of the games blacked out because the, they didn't have generators. Backup oh, generators. Oh no. It's just, it's such a comedy errors. It's a crap show. A, a lot of fun. A lot of fun, folks. But before we keep going on that and before we go into the social credit score being set up by Silicon Valley, I want to go into this whole deal. I'm, have you seen the headlines, Troy, about the, uh, the lungs of the earth are burning? Oh, I sense this could be a point of contention between us. It could us. be. It could be. The rainforest is uh, burning. The Amazon. Yeah, the Amazon is burning. Not to mention um, Bolivia and large swaths of Africa, but since the Amazon produces 20% of the world's oxygen supply, it's getting some pretty big headlines. But Bolivia is Brazil's next-door neighbor. Right, right. Africa has large portions of forest as well. They're all three of those on fire. Right. Well, it's it's interesting. I'm following Ronald uh, Bailey. I like this guy a lot uh, in all, all sorts of things. He writes, interestingly, when NASA released, it's this, faint, this photo that's now made the rounds of, look at all the fires in the Amazon. Uh, he, he starts off by saying, well, a picture is worth a thousand words is one of the dumbest aphorisms ever coined. Speaking as a former television producer, I'd say a picture is, takes a thousand words to explain. Take this much circulated NASA satellite photo showing vast smoke plumes over the Amazon region. Uh, Combined with a report from the Brazilian National Institute for Space Research, that 
says the agency has detected 39,194 fires in the region, a 77% jump from the same period in 2018. And this picture in particular has launched alarmed headlines around the world. For instance, CNN's headline is Amazon Rainforest is Burning at an Unprecedented Rate. Uh, the Daily Beast's headline is record number of wildfires burning in Amazon rainforest. I don't, I don't know anybody gets their news from the Daily Beast, but if they do so, well, some do. Uh, They're saying, please stop. NBC's headline: Amazon wildfires could be game over for climate change fight. Interestingly, writes Ronald Bailey. Uh, when NASA released the satellite photo August 21st, it noted, quote, this is NASA, it is not unusual to see fires in Brazil at this time of year due to high temperatures and low humidity. Time will tell if this year is a record-breaking or just within normal limits. So why are there so many fires? Natural fires in the Amazon are rare, and the majority of these fires were set by farmers preparing Amazon-adjacent farmland for next year's crops and pastures, Soberly explains the New York Times. Much of the land that is burning was not old-growth rainforest, but land that had already been cleared of trees and set for agricultural use. It is routine for farmers and ranchers in tropical areas to burn their fields to control pests and weeds and to encourage new growth in pastures. So what about deforestation trends? Uh, since Bolsonaro took over as Brazil's president, rainforest deforestation has increased a bit, but we're still way below earlier highs. And I'm looking at a chart here. Sorry, isn't great radio, but the highs, the highest was in 95. Second highest was 2004, 2003. And then there is a precipitous drop from 05 on. And yes, uh, this year is higher than last year. And this is where Bailey goes into an interesting thing. And this is why I like the guy on different issues with climatology and environmental preservation. It's what a lot of researchers call the U-shape uh, relation between environmental degradation and economic growth. Sure. So as development rates take off and a country's just poor, they haven't developed at all, you get a lot of pollution and land degradation, in particular deforestation. Sure. You start chopping down the forest. But they begin to improve once certain thresholds per capita incomes are attained. Uh, for instance, the 2012 study, after parsing data from 52 developed countries between 72 and 2003, deforestation increases until average income levels reach about $3,100 per capita. As it happens, Brazil per capita incomes uh, reached 3,600 per capita in 04, which is when deforestation rates began trending decisively downward. While problematic deforestation is still taking place in the Amazon region, a 2018 study in one of the definitive science journals out there, Nature, reported that global tree canopy cover has increased by 865,000 square miles from 1982 to 2016. As Brazilians become wealthier, the deforestation trend in the Amazon will likely turn around after afforestation, as it already has done in many countries. And there's a little footnote at the end of the article. As it happens, this post was only about 430 words, not 1,000 words, based on the picture. Um, oh, my God. He's still being snarky about that? Yeah. So the entire point of the article was to drive home his hatred for an aphorism? Uh, well, no, it was more... Uh, 
I, and this is what I'm my take is too. I I think degradation of the environment's not good. Nope. Um, but like everything in life, there are trade offs, especially in developing nations. Sure. So his point, and I think my point from this, there's another one here I have from uh, from Forbes, is that. It's more the media freak out, freak out, freak out. Why now? Because Brazil tried to hide the fact that it was on fire. The people of Brazil didn't even know it was on fire until the world said, hey, we're pulling out of these trade agreements because your rainforest is on fire. Because your farmers got greedy. I'll put it like this. I'll put it. Here's mm-hmm. why the United States farmer should care about the Amazon rainforest being on fire. The more the Amazon rainforest burns, the more heat is driven up into the atmosphere. That will ultimately, in many cases, settle into the Midwestern United States slash Central United States, moving into the West, where all of our farmland is. It will drive a drought in the United States. That is why the U.S. farmer should care. The U.S. farmer currently being hit by this trade war that we have with China. Other countries care because, well... I mean, nobody wants to see the quote-unquote lungs of the earth put down. I mean, was it Europe? Uh, large, big companies in Europe are pulling out of trade deals with Brazil because of this? It's possible. Yeah, Brazil doesn't care, though, because they're selling the majority of their soybean, and outside of the 80% of meat that they grow and consume in their own country, will go to, what, China, Russia, and then some in Europe and some to the United States. They don't care. They're making money from sources outside of Europe. But they would have really appreciated those trade deals. Also, Bolsonaro, and this is being leaked, mm-hmm. uh, his little focus groups that he has, talks about how he's going to get people on board with the continued deforestation of the rainforest. And a lot of it is centered around rhetoric on how they treat the native population. And by native, I mean those really, like, untouched tribes in the rainforest, so to speak. Right. Those those poor souls don't have a chance. Oh, yeah. Well, and my, but my general point is, I think, still stands in the sense of, like, why are we freaking out now? Why weren't we freaking out in, say, 03, 04? Well, Is it, it just it, it, appears, it appears that we did based on that guy's graph, which also neglects to mention the fact that if we hadn't have touched that deforestation that occurred in 1995 when its rate was the highest, only just now would it have been returned back to normal. I mean, it's not like you're growing bamboo, See, which grows two inches a day. I don't think day. the freakout is what drove it down. I think economic development is what drove it down. So then why is it rising back up? But if you, and I'm sorry, we don't have a graph here and it is radio. It's not rising back up that much from last year. They'll point out the year to year, that was the lowest year ever. (laughs) And yes, it can be laid at the feet of uh, this new regime in Brazil. And all these things you're saying are true and they're problems. I'm more saying, okay, all the celebrities and people freaking out about this, why don't are you calling for something like better technology to contain fires for instance that's a that's a good point joey since i i am being critical mm-hmm. of the things that you're saying there is actually a search engine that you can go to that uses the ad revenue that would otherwise be generated solely for their profits to plant trees it is called yeah, and I'm all for it. Plant more trees. 
Oh, dude, dude they've it's like over seven hundred million to date. Right. Seed search. Well, especially because I I found a study last week that said that much more effective than any carbon tax would be planting more trees. Like, let's make the earth greener. That will help with CO2 a lot and much more effectively than any cap-and-trade or carbon tax scheme. Yeah, carbon tax doesn't seem like a good idea. Right. So, uh, in, But, I mean, I can also bring up, there's a Forbes article here where they actually went to a lot of the people that are experts on the Amazon and the rainforest, and they're they're kind of like, they, they're the ones there actually trying to solve the problems and work on these problems long term. It's their careers. And they're even going, okay, I'm not sure where this is coming from other than it's a viral trend. Like somebody picked it up and it went viral and it became sort of the latest thing to signal about and care about in the news. Mostly because you get pictures like the one that were shared by NASA, even though NASA didn't share it with the same tone. Right. As some of the alarmists. The, I mean, the only celebrities I've seen posting pictures about it, but again, I only follow soccer people. There you go. Are native Brazilians. Hmm. And some of their teammates, like, say, Cristiano Ronaldo or Lionel Messi. He's South American himself. Ronaldo's Portuguese from Portugal, rather, well, not yeah. Brazil. Uh, the name of that search engine, by the way, is Ecosia. And I Ecosia. realize this is a free plug, but, yeah, sure. you know, I was being critical. Perhaps if somebody wanted to help, yeah. E-C-O-S-I-A. They have a frequently asked questions page, and they give you an exact breakdown of how the profits are spent. As of now, it is x. I say X because it's going up every half a second of trees planted by Ecosia users. Well, and I love, I love organizations like that. I, I ran into one called Charity Water that's helping people dig wells for themselves. They'll do it for a village, say, in Africa somewhere if they don't have the technology, but the whole idea is sustainable development. Not to come in and take over, but right. to just give the bare-bones means of how do you get clean water. And they show in the exact same way, in a very transparent transparent manner, here's exactly where the money's going. And, yeah. and that's, that's why I like sites like Charity Navigator. Right. Because when you when you realize all the money that you may or may not have donated to Susan G. Komen over the years mostly goes to the CEO and the higher-ups' uh, bank accounts, it's like, what am I doing? Hmm. Right. You know, it's it's not helping as much as I'd like to help. Right. And you want the money to go directly. And that's a, a good way to... You know, here's It's always the trade-off. And I think it's come to my attention more and more. As you get more of the alarmism and the signaling that humanity is a problem, we're destroying our environment, so to speak. We're destroying the planet. And, well, and good news, the ozone layer is healed. Right. It, it's that some people take that alarmism and care for the environment so far. Usually people who are already in developed countries living pretty well. Yeah. That they don't see the perspective of people on the ground in developing countries that are trying to make a living for the first time. Uh, in a while, if ever. Sure. Like, say, farm development or selling soybeans. And when you look at, for instance, this Forbes article is kind of a taking down each little one. I mean, they brought up the lungs of the earth thing. Um, and, I mean, this one guy was pretty blunt about it. 
Um, what, about the 20% of the oxygen or just the lungs of the earth? No, I was curious. This is from the Forbes, artic- or Forbes article and his that author. I was curious to hear what one of the world's leading Amazon forest experts, Dan Nepstad, had to say about the lungs claim. And the claim, to give an example is, uh, like, here's something from the New York Times. The Amazon is often referred to as lungs, the Earth's lungs, because it is a vast force to release oxygen and store carbon dioxide. A heat-trapping gas is a major cause of global warming. So this author, citing the Times, is like, I'd want to hear from this Dan Nepstad, a leading expert on the Amazon forest. What do you think of the lungs claim? And uh, Mr. Nepstad, Dan, said, it's BS. He said the full word. There's no science behind that. The Amazon produces a lot of oxygen, but it uses the same amount of oxygen through respiration, so it's a wash. Huh. He also goes on... Is he talking about the wildlife? No, he's just talking about the whole ecosystem, I'd imagine, the Amazon forest, Amazonian forest. Um, you know, you keep going, though. The, the guys like the lungs myth is just the tip of the iceberg. That's just arguing over, like, language that the media is using. Sure. Um, he goes on and says, while, and this is quoting from Forbes, and while fires in Brazil have increased, there's no evidence that Amazon forest fires have. What hurts me most is the bare idea of millions of Notre Dame's high cathedrals of terrestrial biodiversity burning to the ground. That is a Brazilian journalist writing for the New York Times that this Forbes article cites. But the Amazon's forest high cathedrals aren't doing that. I saw the photo Macron and DiCaprio. I guess that's Emmanuel Macron, of the president of France, at Leonardo DiCaprio. And this is back to Nepstad. But you don't see forest burning like that in the Amazon. Amazon forest fires are hidden by the tree canopy and only increase during drought years. We don't know if there are any more forest fires this year than in past years, which tells me they probably isn't, Nepstad said. I've been working on studying those fires for 25 years, and our on-the-ground networks are tracking this. What increased by 7% in 2019 are fires of dry scrub and trees cut down for cattle ranching as a strategy to gain ownership of the land. So it's just, this is the point. In the rush for political causes that are quick and that can be shared easily, sure. like even experts on the ground that this is their baby are like, guys, no, wrong. Like, if we're even going to talk about the issues, let's assess them in a way that accounts for, yes, human well-being. He's assessing the issue within the context of the question asked. Yeah. I mean, if, if I were to ask him a question about the tipping point, you mentioned the tip of the iceberg, mm-hmm. the tipping point between at what point deforestation ends and at what point mass death begins regarding something like a rainforest ecosystem, he would probably provide an answer that I would consider to be satisfactory. Right. Well, he said, well, let's see what he actually thinks the problem is. Uh, he thinks the real threat is from accidental forest fires and drought years, which climate change could worsen. The most serious threat to the Amazon forest is the severe events that make the forest vulnerable to fire. That's where we can get a downward spiral between fire and drought and more fire. I don't like the international narrative right now because it's polarizing and divisive. Divisive. Whatever way you say that world. There's some debate about that earlier. Really? Today on these airways. Yeah. It's kind of one of those tomato tomato things. Yeah. Uh, Bolsonaro has said some ridiculous things, this Amazon Forest expert is saying. Truly an awful person. And none of them are excusable. 
but there's also a big consensus against accidental fire, and we have to tap into that. Imagine you're told under the Federal Forest Code that you can only use half of your land and then being told you can only use 20%, Nepstad said. There was a bait and switch, and the farmers are really frustrated. There are people who love to hunt and fish and be on land and should be allies, but we lost them. So this guy's thinking in terms of, like, how do you, you know, get a coalition, political coalition together to actually tackle the problems. Brazil also pushed out Norway, hmm. uh, which is odd to say, but Norway has this huge fund that they use to help that rainforest. They pushed him out. Hmm. So Norway took their money and left. But I think if somebody sees a problem, they need to put their money where their mouth is. And yeah, I can't say that I disagree with the European nations saying, we're going to pull out of this trade deal if you don't get your S together. Right, right. There's also, I mean, look, the the everybody wants to call them the lungs of the, the world or whatever. Right. And, I mean, it's it's fair to say that it's a massive piece of land, truly epic in its scale. No one wants to see that on fire. I certainly don't. Right. Well, and what this guy's... The attention that it's brought to me, though, is that that's not the only thing that's on fire right now. I mean, I mentioned um, Bolivia, mm-hmm. and I mentioned large portions of Africa. Even Greenland is on fire right now, Joey. Greenland. It's mostly rock. How is it on fire? I'm going to buy it. That's why. <laughs> I'm going to definitely buy it. They should have just sold. Oh, he's trying, to, uh, he's trying to lower the property yeah, value? Yeah, I didn't want to do this. I didn't want to have to do this. But, uh, you know, I'll buy it at the bar. I'll burn it all to the ground so I can own it. <laughs> what weird times we're in. we got to hit a break. Us talking about the forest here is gotten us you know let's talk about sensationalism when we get back well no and this is actually this guy's point uh that this forbes article keeps citing and reading more into it he said what i'm worried about is this international narrative and all these ngos and other countries and the international media uh, pushing a narrative that essentially demonizes the farmers the very people we need as allies and who really the farmers themselves you know live right there they understand issues with deforestation they should be our allies and so he's more looking for what can we do to work all this together that we have economic development and we don't ruin the forest and the biodiversity and it seems like a sensible approach to me you know why everybody's mad at the farmers because brazil's media has done an awful job of getting this information out it's almost like the politics ruins everything no matter which side it comes from well the people in control have something to profit off of it Indeed, as we all do. Thank you for listening, folks. I'll be right back. Troy and I will. Joey Clark. Are you ready for Silicon Valley to take over your life? <laughs> that article was truly garbage. 
I thought is this, this an acoustic version? Yeah, it's awesome. Wow. It's better. It's, it's one of the best things they've put out in years. Like, I don't like the... I, I wish they did more acoustic stuff. By the way, this is Muse, folks. Dig down acoustic gospel version. If you like acoustic Muse, they do have a, a soundtrack from a movie called Hullabaloo. Mm-hmm. That's got some really good acoustic stuff on it. Yeah, it's so good, but uh, I've covered it on this show, the Chinese social credit system. Boo! Really bad stuff. The ultimate goal is to allow trustworthy, the trustworthy to roam everywhere under heaven while making it hard for the discredited to take a single step. This directly from the Chinese government. So good. This song, not the credit system. But this social credit system in China has been in place since 2014. It's a work in progress. Could evolve next year into a single nationwide point system for all Chinese citizens. Akin to a financial credit score, it aims to punish the transgressions that can be included. uh, That can include membership in or support for the, you know, certain you know, things the Chinese Communist Party doesn't like, like Tibetan Buddhism. You could also be punished for failure to pay debts, excessive video gaming, criticizing the government, late payments, failing to sweep the sidewalks in front of your store or house, smoking or playing loud music on trains, jaywalking, and other actions deemed illegal or unacceptable by the Chinese Communist Party and government. can also award points for charitable donations or even taking one's own parents to the doctor. Question. What happens if you donate to the Communist Party in the name of Winnie the Pooh? Oh, you're you're definitely getting punished. And those can be harsh, including bans on leaving the country. Wait, you brought up Winnie the Pooh, Troy? Can't leave the country. You're not leaving. Can't get a mortgage. No, you can't use public transportation either. Sorry, sir. You can't be allowed on this fast, high-speed rail, train, whatever. You can't check into a hotel. You can't be hired for high-visibility jobs, or your kids aren't going to be accepted into that prestigious school. Oh, and your internet's going to be a little slower. And uh, we're also going to post uh, the fact that you are kind of one of the unsullied, the the unwashed. Mm. And we're going to post that you have a very low social credit score, so all your neighbors can shame the crap out of you. Yeah. And we're going to post that literally in your public square and all over apps that people use. They turn me from Tigger to Eeyore. (laughs) You just wanted to bring up Woody the Pooh. Honey's great. (laughs) Uh, Honey's great, Piglet. And Beijing uses two nationwide lists uh, called the Blacklist and the Red List. The former consists of people who have transgressed and the latter people who have stayed out of trouble. A red list is the communist version of a white list. These lists are publicly searchable on the government website called China Credit. And so, anyway, this article, uh, Fast Company, lays out the way I understand the Chinese social credit system, pretty much. And then it takes a turn. It can happen here. Oh, no. 
Many Westerners are disturbed by what they read about China's social credit system, but such systems, it turns out, are not unique to China. A parallel system is developing in the United States, in part as the result of Silicon Valley and technology industry user policies, and in part by surveillance of social media activity by private companies. Here are some of the elements of America's growing social credit system. Before we keep going into this nonsense, can I just say, number one, corporations, big private companies do a lot of things I don't like, but they're not the same as a government. Not the same. Right there with you, bud. Not the same. That's a Texas size 10 4, pal. <laughs> You've been watching Letter Kitty. <laughs> your girl ever played with your. Uh, anyway. <laughs> one of the best scenes in that show. Um, the New York State Department of Financial Services announced earlier this year that life insurance companies can base premiums on what they find on your social media posts. <gasps> that Instagram pic showing you teasing a grizzly bear at Yellowstone with a martini in one hand, a bucket of cheese fries in the other, and a cigarette in your mouth could cost you. On the other hand, a Facebook post showing you doing yoga might save money. Uh, wait, so an insurance company... A life insurance company is going to assess how much your risk is. Literally, all it did was make the auditor's job easier. Yeah. Like, it's what they do already. They just don't have to rely on, you know, honest answers in a questionnaire now. They can actually look at what you've publicly posted. Wasn't there an entire movie following an auditor called Along Came Polly? Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. And that it's not a great movie, but Philip Seymour Hoffman steals the show in that movie. Philip Seymour Hoffman He's so good. injected the word sharded into my lexicon <laughs> yes. in that movie. <laughs> he's so good in that movie. But he's playing basketball. Rain man. Yeah, no, yeah, and then he's at that like, you know, what, that cocktail hour. And he's like, I gotta leave. I, uh, I think I, I went to go fart and I, I sharded. <laughs> what sharded? What are you talking about? about so okay so life insurance companies doing their due diligence with new technology is now what this guy is showing is an example of it's happening in the west the same way it's happening in china but that's not all folks it gets even better there's now a company folks called patron scan it sells three products kiosk desktop and handheld systems designed to help bar and restaurant owners manage customers PatronScan is a subsidiary of the Canadian software company Surveil Biometrics, and its products are now on sale in the U.S., Canada, Australia, and the U.K. The Canadian Bioscan bio company, based in Silicon Valley, Joey? Yeah, I know. This is how dumb this article is. PatronScan can help spot fake IDs. Well, don't bars already try to do that? And troublemakers. When customers arrive at a patron scan using bar, their ID is scanned. The company maintains a list of objectionable customers designed to protect venues from people previously removed for fighting, sexual assault, drugs, theft, and other bad behavior. Wait, so bars, when one bar using patron scan kicks somebody out, say, for sexual assault on ladies' night. The horror. Other bars can find that out and not let that person in. Or can, which it says in the article. Joey, this is unconscionable. Bar owners are... <laughs> this is unconscious. If I can't be sleazy at that bar, why won't they let me be sleazy at other bars? Or they might. It's at the discretion of the owner of the property. Not the party? Well, here's the thing, though. Not the... Oh, yeah. That's, that's a major difference. That's... 
it drives me nuts. Corporations are not the same as the government. Sometimes they work with the government, and that's really, really bad. Not the same thing as the government. Nope. Like, if I don't want to buy Nike shoes, they're not going to come to my house and force me to wear their shoes. No. Like, give me a break. You mm. can even burn their shoes in protest like an idiot, and they're not going to do anything. No, they, they're going to laugh with your money all the way to the bank. Right, because you just bought the shoes and burned them for no good reason. Yep. And now the guy moves on to the sharing economy. Oh, this boy. is how the social credit system's being built in America. Uber and Airbnb. You ever used Uber? No. I used or to Airbnb, them. for that matter. I used both up in New York State. Yeah, how was it? Because I didn't have a car. It was fantastic. Yeah? It was great. Did like, you behave yourself? Yeah. And I gave most of the uh, drivers four and five stars. So you'll be able to use the app again? Yeah. And they gave me a good... I have a pretty good rating. And here's the thing. This guy cites... Like, because Uber allows the rider to rate the driver and the driver to rate the rider, and if, say, your riding score is really, really low for a long period of time, so they, you know, number one, Uber doesn't want to just kick people off their platform. They want to make sure you're actually not behaving yourself. They can say you can't use Uber anymore. Shocking, I know. God forbid. Airbnb. Also, you know, people that rent out their places to you, if you leave it a pigsty, you don't have to clean everything in an Airbnb. But if you, you know, break something or it's really disgusting when you leave, they can say you're not allowed to use Airbnb anymore. Like, you're banned from the Woolworths. Oh, wait, that was before the digital age. This is nuts. And it comes back to, again, a base distinction. It's one that's constantly lost, and I feel like a broken record, Troy, but it's basic liberty and freedom and choice on an individual basis. Nobody you know, listens to records anymore, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, all these new private rules, this patchwork of a corporatocracy is around us. Hey, sir. It's been that way, you know, ever since we had commercial activity and basic liberty to pursue that commercial activity. And you know what? Private rules are much better than government rules because private rules can change. Private rules can be flexible. Private rules allow people to try out different sets of rules and go, oh, those rules went too far. Yep. We just got sued by it because we had those rules. Those rules didn't go far enough. We just got sued. Oh, we're losing customers because of our rules. Either they're too lax or too stringent. And it's a give and take with given property owners, blah, 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 blah. It's not the same thing as a totalitarian government controlling every aspect of people's lives and negatively or positively sanctioning those people accordingly. Not the same thing at all. Now, if the U.S. government with the NSA, along with big tech, started doing that, that would be the same thing. It's not what's going on that we know of. So it's just sensational crap. And all this... This is my point. You might have more of a alarm in your heart over big tech than I do. Fair enough. But don't buy into the sensational stuff. I Troy and I are sitting here arguing about, you know, climate change and environmentalism. Troy thinks a little more alarmed than I am. But let's not give in and you agree with me on this, Troy. Let's Al Gore's not your spokesman. No. No whatever Al Gore says, in fact, you should probably do the opposite. Right. So it's shame I, on you, Al Gore. There are all these petty like pessimisms and or sometimes they're really big pessimisms. But all these pessimisms competing for our hearts and minds and like and it turns into these petty prejudices of like big tech or all the relax for a second. Yeah. Actually look at the boring facts on the ground and you'll find maybe you're right. 
Or sometimes you find, well, I was kind of right, not as bad as I thought, or I'm just completely wrong. But don't essentially let the media, myself included in the media, do your thinking for you. Do your own thinking. It'll serve you well in the future. And that's the show. Feels good, man. Does feel good. Good show. Good show. You must find a way When the darkness 